listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. Hey, what's up everybody? Ted Shuttlesworth back on the podcast again with you today. It's Monday. If you're listening to this when the episode came out, if not, who knows what day it is. I don't think anybody could really figure that out. It's a mystery. It's one of those eternal mysteries. How am I supposed to predict what day in the future you listen to this episode? I don't know. Am I God? No, I'm not omniscient. So don't hold me to that kind of standard. I just don't know. All I know is if you listen to this when it was released, it's Monday. That's all I know. And I'm glad to have you back with me on this Monday, new week. We're in a new month, and I'm excited. Uh, If you haven't got a chance to do this yet, we just started. Uh, In fact, I guess today, at the time of recording, this would be our third straight week of our Monday through Friday morning broadcast on Facebook Live. If you've not got a chance to join us, I want to encourage you to join us every morning uh, at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time on Facebook Live. And you can just search for my Facebook page, which is Miracle Word hyphen Ted Shuttlesworth. And you can actually go straight to it by typing in facebook.com forward slash Miracle Word Ministries. And uh, we've been going live every Monday through Friday, 10.30 a.m. And this week's no exception. Love to have you join us. We're doing some new things on the broadcast. We've got a trivia game, live trivia game that we're getting ready to launch, Bible trivia, uh, where we're going to give do some giveaways. We're going to give you some Starbucks gift cards, different things like that. So definitely going to want to join us for that one um, every single week. So we're really enjoying it. We've been had a lot of people that have been writing in and letting us know how much God's been blessing them and miracles have been taking place. We've been getting testimonies that have uh, come back almost every single day we've been live. And that's awesome. I love to see that. A couple of things before we jump in today. Um, as you know, or may not know, I've been giving away a free 40 day devotional as well as a free copy of our brand new magazine, Miracle Word Magazine. It comes out every quarter, and we'd love to send it to your house absolutely free, as well as email you an ebook 40 day devotional that I wrote that will be a huge blessing to you. Um, if you haven't gotten either of those things yet or signed up to receive them, you can go to miracleword.com forward slash live. MiracleWord.com forward slash live. You can fill out the form right there. And listen, here's something new I've been doing. I think I mentioned it last week, which is I've been sending out personal messages to people that are connected with our ministry by text. And uh, it's not a bot. It's not somebody in the office. It's not some, you know, weird dude that doesn't have a life that lives in his mom's basement who we hired because he's got a lot of extra free time to do these things. It's actually me. And I'm sending out messages every now and then just to give you updates and let you know what's going on with our ministry. And uh, it's very important to stay connected that way because with all these different algorithm changes that social media networks are doing, uh, we may lose touch. You're not going to see everything I'm posting. I'm not going to see everything you're posting. So the most direct way we can stay in touch is by uh, text and email. So if you'd like to do that, sign up right under there. You'll see my big, sweaty, fat face uh, 
in a circular layout right under that first form. And under there, you can sign up to receive it. And uh, I'd love to have you guys stay connected with me. And I love hearing from you. If you have prayer requests, send them to me. I I get them right on my phone. And we want to join our faith with you. And uh, just to encourage you and let you know we love you and are praying for you and with you. All right, so let's jump in today. As you saw in the title, we're going to be dealing with nine marriage-destroying mistakes that you've got to avoid at all costs. Nine marriage-destroying mistakes to avoid at all costs. And maybe you're listening to this episode today and you're not married yet. Maybe you're not even engaged. Maybe you're not even dating somebody yet. But let me just say this. Take good notes because even when you start dating or you feel like you're getting serious with somebody, these nine things are definitely ones you want to look out for uh, and see if, and and, and trust me, I, I get the fact that everybody matures as their life goes on, but you know, people should have some kind of a goal to live in love. Uh, according to the word of God. So if you don't even see people trying, you know, like at the beginning of the relationship, it was like, dude, I'm out. So (laughs) keep this in your mind. If you're not married yet, you're not dating, you're not engaged, you're single, ready to mingle, um, single and loving it. I don't really know anybody that's really said that. Maybe you are. God bless you if that's you. You've got the t-shirt, you've got the bracelet, single and loving it. If that is you, send me a message. I'd love to know who you are. Uh, what a wonderful thing. You must be one of the ones Paul was talking about in the New Testament. Anyways, let's get into this. Nine marriage-destroying mistakes to avoid. Number one, this one, by the way, is huge, so I thought I'd lead with it today, and that is when people do not establish borders or boundaries in their home. They don't have a private home. What do I, I don't I don't mean just like a place to live. I'm talking about you've got to learn how to set boundaries from the very beginning, especially with family, especially with family. I can't tell you how many people I've seen their relationships get screwed up because, you know, the husband's mom won't stop coming and giving her input uh, into every single situation in the relationship and in the home and, or the mom, you know, uh, the uh, wife's mother or father or whoever, you've got family members, a sister, a brother, whatever it is. And they just continually go far past the boundaries they should. And they're really trespassing in your privacy at that point. And it's not right. And it's not scriptural, especially, Um, I'm going to give you a verse of scripture in a moment that should clearly outline this for you. But once you get married to your husband or wife, you know, if you're a woman, obviously you need a husband. If you're a man, you need a wife. You have to say that in this day and age, unfortunately, but you know what? That's the day we're living in. You've got to establish a private home, set boundaries so there can be peace in your home. So there's not like all this stress and drama because you've got your mother-in-law or your father-in-law or who on either side that's throwing in unwanted opinions, unwanted commentary, and all it's doing is stirring up uh, problems and strife in your home and you're fighting about it and people are saying, well, I didn't want your mom over here. She pushes her way in, way in for dinner every week and I didn't want your dad over here, you know, blah, blah, blah. Instead of all that, set proper boundaries at the beginning 
and make them known. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 24, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. And they, see that includes the wife, and they shall become one flesh. A man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. If you've ever been to a wedding, you'll know that's what the unity candle is all about. You've got two people that come up, and they have two separate candles that they pick up at that point in the ceremony, and they go to the one unlit candle, and they take both of their lit candles and light the unlit one candle, signifying the two of us are today becoming one flesh. And that's what God designed from the very beginning. So you need to understand that it's actually a protective thing when you set those boundaries and you say, you know what, my husband is first, my wife is first, and everybody else comes second, their opinions come second, their commentary comes second, uh, and we need our own space, we need our own boundaries, we need, a, we need privacy to make our own decisions and establish privacy in our home. If you'll just do that, and not allow outside forces to come in and begin to manipulate things, trust me when I tell you, you will have time to dance all over your house in the peace and joy of your relationship. So that's number one, establish privacy boundaries and don't allow there to be an open, loose home where everyone's coming in, giving their thoughts and their commentary and really it's causing there to be division and strife and problems. Number one, establish a private home in your marriage relationship. Number two, the second marriage destroying mistake that you've got to avoid at all costs is that after you get married, you know, one of the problems that a lot of people have is, uh, you know, they go through all these, uh, steps to like win somebody over in love, you know, they, they, you know, go out and buy new outfits. They smell good, get their hair done, nails done. Guys, you know, you got, you know, getting a fresh haircut that you wouldn't have normally got. You're shaving. Who are you? You never shaved before. It's like, who are you trying to impress? And it's fine. You found out there's somebody you're trying to impress. You want them to like you, you know, all through this relationship. And then you get married. And a lot of times people let themselves go and they get caught up in life. And as a result of getting caught up in life, whether that's work or kids or whatever it is, they stop doing the things they used to do when they were trying to win each other over. They quit dating. So number two, the second marriage destroying mistake that you've got to avoid is when people quit dating their spouse. You've got to continue dating, continue building and developing that romantic relationship even after you're married. I told my wife yesterday, I said, listen, and come to think of it, this is probably a podcast I should have done with her, but she's now has her own podcast and I'm sure soon will be eclipsing me and I'll be just an afterthought somewhere in the shadows of life while my wife is charging forward into the forefront of battle for the kingdom of God. No, I'm, I would, I'd be happy if that would, I'd support her a hundred million percent, but this would have been a good podcast to have her on, you know, 2020, you know, hindsight's 2020 guys, no judging me. Hindsight's 2020. Um, but I told my wife yesterday, I said, you know what is interesting? And actually, you know what? It was today. But as you're listening to it, it was yesterday, so I'm still right. Um, I said to her, you know, it's interesting. We've been married close to 13 years now, coming up in April. 13 years. I can't even believe it. But I told her, I said, you know what's crazy 
is that 13 years later, and I love you more than I did um, when we were dating even. And when we got married, I love her more. Love should continue to increase and develop and expand. It shouldn't fade. If if it's fading, you're doing it wrong. You know, you're allowing whatever, your flesh to become complacent and you're not taking your thoughts into captivity. You've got to allow your love to grow and increase throughout your life. And I told her, I said, I think you're better looking now. I love you more now. You know what? What happens? You know the person better. That's, That's part of it. You know, you know who they are. And when God's put you together as a couple and you start to really get to know your husband or wife, you know, it's a blessing. It is a blessing to have my wife. So I told her today, I said, man, it's amazing that 13 years later, I love you more today. I appreciate you more today. I respect you more today than 13 years ago. And that'll only increase. But, you know, one thing we've never done, and she's talked about this at length on her podcast we have never put our kids above ourselves. And by that, I mean above each other. My kids do not come before my wife and she'll say the same. We're in unity about this fact that our kids don't come before me, her husband. So we put, we actually, you know, and people were like very confused about this, especially when she dropped it on her podcast, which by the way, if you don't subscribe to it, her, her podcast is called nonstop mom. It can be found on iTunes, Google, Stitcher, Anchor. Go check it out. If you're a mom, you're a lady. doesn't matter if you're already a mom or you're going to be a future mom. If you're a lady, go subscribe to that podcast, Nonstop Mom. Um, it will be a huge blessing to you. But people were freaked out when she said that. They're like, really? Your kids aren't your priority over each other? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Because remember this. This is a very important thing that you've got to keep in your heart. Your kids are a reflection of the peace that emanates from you in your home. Your children are a reflection of the joy that emanates from you in your home. So you could very easily put them first and then just throw your husband or wife to the curb and just make sure, you know, the kids are first, they get everything, they're spoiled, but, you know, you never really address anything that your husband or wife wants or that they need you to do or, you know, they're an, they're always an afterthought. Well, I'll tell you exactly what's going to happen is you're going to start having friction in your relationship because the other spouse is going to start feeling resentment toward you and they're going to feel that their relationship's been cheapened by the way you're treating them. And as a result, you're going to have friction that grows and grows and grows. And then you're going to start bickering, fighting, complaining, you know, getting into it. And then the kids are going to see that and they're going to feel it. It doesn't matter if you do it in your own room behind closed doors. The kids still feel the after effects and the coldness of it even after that's done. So if you're going to put them first and neglect each other, then... Uh, you're going to have an issue because they're going to feel that friction and the peace that's missing and the joy that's missing. All you had to do was put each other first and continue building the romantic relationship. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 8, above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. Love will cover a multitude of sins. You know, and that's one of my downfalls. I, I can talk about that maybe um, uh, down the down the line when we're talking about these nine. But one of my things is I can easily 
because I'm like from once I get something down, I'm like I'm on to the next thing. I'm on to the next thing. I'm, and my mind's moving ahead of me. So like I'm done and I can be very short. If I don't guard myself, I can get short and irritable um, because I'm like one of these guys like, let's get to the next thing. Go, go, go quick, 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 quick. Next thing, next thing. And if I, if I get irritable or whatever, then that can bleed over onto my wife and she starts to get irritable because I've been short with her, but it's not her fault. It's mine because I'm the head of the home. And I've noticed even when I've made that mistake of being short and irritable, that if I'll just come back in wherever to the kitchen or wherever she is and just hug her, kiss her, tell her she's wonderful, that I love her. And I'm not talking about like as a way out. I'm talking about truly. Truly, you know, coming back to change the atmosphere, everything changes. Why? Because me as the head of the home stepped up and brought peace back into my home through love and affection. Brings joy back into the home. How? Through love and affection. And that's what First Peter's talking about. Above all things, have fervent love for one another. That's even talking among believers. For love will cover a multitude of sins. Romans chapter 12 says in verse 10, be kindly affectionate to one another in honor, giving preference to one another. And so, (laughs) you know, you could, you know, my wife and I have trained ourselves to, to be preferential toward the other so much. We can't even figure out where to go eat. It's like, no, you pick it. No, uh, it's whatever you like. What do you feel like having? I don't know. You don't, you just pick something. No, I, and he, neither of us wants to pick anything because we're preferring the other. And it's like, we just never, never go anywhere. Anyway, continue, <laughs> continue dating, continue dating. Some of you that are, that are, uh, that are listening to this, you're old enough to remember when Blockbuster was around and that was the hangout spot for Friday night. You would go down to Blockbuster and you would, you know, our Netflix is our new blockbuster. No one ever, does anyone actually ever watch anything on Netflix or do we just browse for like two hours and watch the trailers? You know, it was the same in Blockbuster back in the day. It was just like you were actually there. No one actually ever rented anything from Blockbusters. Like you just go walk the aisles and ask each other, does that look good? Do you want to rent that? Do you want to rent that? Do you want to rent that? And my wife and I were, we, it was our like private joke. We would still do that with each other. In Blockbuster, we'd go to, go to rent something. We'd just walk the aisles for like an hour and a half. It got to the point where she was like, I don't want to go back with you to Blockbuster. We're never going to leave that place. But be, you know, have an attitude where you're going to prefer one another above yourself and, and show that love and continue building a romantic relationship and continue dating. That's number two. Don't stop dating. That'll destroy your relationship It'll destroy your marriage. Number three, the third mistake that'll destroy a marriage, don't go to bed angry with one another. This is massive. And my wife and I have made a pact to never do this. I'm never going to go to sleep angry at my wife. I'm somehow, I don't care if we have to wait. I don't care if we have to stay up till 4 a.m. to work it out, talk it out. And we've never really had to do that because, uh, you know, we, we, We've really just been able to solve if there was ever friction or a problem or an issue. You know, we were able to, we've never had to stay up till four in the morning to solve an issue, but uh, I would make it up in my mind. I wouldn't go to sleep. And the reason is because it's a command in the Bible. It says in Ephesians chapter four and verse 26, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Don't let the sun go down while you're angry. I'm not going to end a day angry at my wife. 
She's not going to end a day angry at me. We're not going to turn over, shrug the covers over our shoulders and yank them tight. And, you know, it's, I'm, I'm rolled over onto one edge of the bed and she's onto the other end of the It's like, no, we're not doing that. We're not living our life that way. So a huge mistake that destroys marriages is people allow, you know, they'll go to bed angry with one another and then they'll start giving each other the silent treatment. Well, I'll wake up the next morning instead of coming and having breakfast and coffee together, whatever. We'll just sit there and just not talk to each other. You know, and you know what happens? You let that go on long enough in your home and you quit. I'll tell you what you hear these people and and I'm like, people are blown away to hear. It's like, well, I just fell out of love with him. I fell out of love with her. You don't fall out of love. Like you fell out of a tree. It's days and months and years of neglect because people don't do not prefer each other above the other and they'll go to bed angry and give each other the silent treatment, won't talk to one another. And that's demonic. It's it's you know, that'll destroy a marriage that God put together. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Don't let the sun don't go to bed angry. Work it out. Be a bigger person than that. What are you five years old? I'm just not going to talk to him. I'm not going to talk. Well, see how he likes that. I'm just not, 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 not. What in the world? What are we in like? It's ridiculous. Stop it. <laughs> if you're really old, you'll remember watching Saturday Night Live when Bob Newhart, was, who was a comedian, was on. He did, a, he did a sketch one time where he was a psychiatrist. And people would come into his office with all these problems and they'd tell him all of their problems and like he's supposed to solve them and he would just scream across the desk, stop it, stop it. (laughs) I feel like saying that to people sometimes, stop it, just stop it. Quit being like that. Don't be immature. Build yourself up. You're a full grown adult. Be mature in your relationship and stop giving people the silent treatment and talk it out. Get pride out of your life and become humble, become meek. See, because pride goes before destruction, and that's all this is, and a haughty spirit before a fall, but meekness, the Bible says in Matthew 5, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. There's an inheritance that comes to people who are humble. God resists the proud, the Bible says in the book of James, but he gives more grace and favor to the humble. So, you know, humble yourself and and work it out and don't go to bed angry. Number four, this is huge and very important. People... They stop keeping Jesus and his word as the center of their home. That's a marriage-destroying mistake. Number four, they stop keeping Jesus and his word as the center of their home. You start making something else the focal point of your home instead of Christ and his word, and you are headed for destruction, completely headed for destruction. See, God's word is our instruction manual for victorious living. And so if something's not working out in your life, it's because you don't have sufficient Bible truth on that subject. For example, if your finances are always messed up, you don't have sufficient truth from God's word regarding the subject of finances. And you need more revelation in that area of your life. You know, if, if, if it's your physical health, that's always an issue. You don't have sufficient, uh, Bible revelation on the, on health, healing and living whole, and you need to build it. And that's why Christ and his word must be paramount in your home because it's a foundation that allows God 
to build a strong, strong home and a strong, indestructible marriage relationship. It's by keeping Christ and his word as the center of your home. The Bible says in Psalm 127 and verse 1, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. So it doesn't matter what you're building. If you think you're going to build it on your own ideas and philosophies, if it's not the Lord building it through his word and through his spirit, you're you're working in vain and it's not going to work. Keep Christ and his word as the center of your home. If the Bible tells you to do something, make up in your mind as a married couple, we're doing this. We're doing this. For example, if the Bible says that we should pay our tithes, which it does, make up your mind as a married couple, we will always tithe no matter what. No matter what. You know, if the Bible teaches against getting drunk and talks about, you know, alcohol in a negative manner and you, you know, make up in your minds as a married couple, we will no longer drink and get drunk. Nothing but evil comes from it. And we don't want that in our home. Make these things up in your mind as a married couple that Christ and his word are going to be the center of your home. He's not putting it there to manipulate you. He knows what's going to make you strong and he knows what's going to destroy you. So he warns you ahead of time. So number four, keep Christ and his word in the center of your home. Number five, the fifth marriage destroying mistake that people make that you've got to avoid is thinking that sometimes, you know, we'll divorce, divorce is the answer. If things, you know, if things don't work out, if they're not going my way, you know, I'll just start over and find somebody else. I'll find somebody that makes me happier than him. I'll make, I'll find somebody that's, that's, that's more, uh, you know, moldable than her, you know, that I could really, you know, get with and that would listen to what I say. And I mean, people that people think like that, you, you don't think they do, but in the day and age we're living in is, is marriages are dropping like flies. The divorce rate is just as high in the church as it is in the world. And that is, that's, I mean, I hear things like that and it, it's, it, it blows my mind. It blows. That's reprehensible that the divorce rate in the church is just as high. And we've got the Holy Spirit who's supposed to be leading us into all truth and the love of God that's been shed abroad in our hearts. We've got the mind of Christ. We have all these tools. We have all these supernatural things and we can't get relationships to work out in church, in Christian marriages. We can't get it to work out. Well, I'm just going to divorce him. If he keeps that thing up, I'm going to divorce him. Let me tell you something. You need to make up your mind right now with your spouse. I hope you're listening to this together, wherever you're listening from. Post it on your social media. Let me know you're listening to it together. In fact, all of you who are listening to this, I want you to, if you're, even if you're not with your spouse right now, I want you to get with your spouse while you're listening to this podcast, and I want you to take a selfie together and... I want you to post it to your social media, Instagram story, Instagram feed, Facebook, whatever. I want you to tag me in it. And I want you to put on there, hashtag strong marriage. Hashtag strong marriage. I want to see it. I want to see that you're listening together and agree that divorce is never the answer. 
The Bible says in Matthew 19, 6, what God has joined together, let not man separate. What God has joined together, let not man separate. You need, to, you need to make that up in your mind. God put you together. There's nothing that can't be solved by the power of God. You telling me God can raise the dead through Jesus? Raise the dead. Heal cancer, but he can't heal your marriage. Oh, yeah, you know, he opens the eyes of the blind, opens the ears of the deaf, but, you know, he, he, he can't heal our marriage. It's too, it's too far gone. You realize Lazarus was dead for four days and his body was so stinky because it was decomposing. He was beginning to rot, literally. Jesus dead three days, laying in a grave. And they both were still not too far gone for the power of God. And you think, you know, because you had an issue with your husband or your wife, that it's all over. God can't do anything about it. Might as well just destroy the relationship and go find somebody else. Please, God's power is greater than whatever issue you're going through. You need to both get together and agree by the power of the Holy Ghost that divorce is never the answer. Never. This world needs to see 70-year-old couples that are still together. You know, after 50 years of marriage. You know how rare it is nowadays to see a 50-year wedding anniversary, a 35-year wedding anniversary? They need to see it. This generation needs to see a 20-year wedding anniversary, a 25-year wedding anniversary, where the people are still happy, not like staring daggers at at each other across the table at their wedding anniversary dinner. Happy. Full of joy. Why? You kept Christ and his word as the center and you agreed that divorce is never the answer, that God's word and his spirit can fix any situation. That's number five. Number six, the sixth marriage destroying mistake people make is they criticize and they nag and they criticize and they nag and they criticize and they nag. And I'm telling you, criticism and nagging destroy love. That's number six. It will destroy your marriage. Stop being critical of your spouse. Stop nagging your spouse. Stop nagging, having to always be right. See, I told you. I told you so. I see, see. I Stop nagging them. Quit criticizing them. Colossians 3.19, the Bible says, Husbands, love your wives and do not be bitter toward them. Love your wives and do not be bitter toward them. Proverbs 21, 19, the Bible says it's better to dwell in the wilderness than with a contentious and angry woman. People know what I'm talking about. Nagging and criticism. If you ever grew up in a house like that or had friends that their parents were like that, the wife was always nagging the husband. And the husband was always criticizing the wife, no matter what. Nothing anyone ever did was good enough. Everything was always contentious. Can't stand it. Always had something negative to say. Even when something good happened, they'd have something negative to say about about what was good. You know, it's ridiculous. The Bible's very clear. Love your wives and don't be bitter toward them. Women, don't be contentious and angry. 
and make your husband wish he was living in the wilderness. There's people that'll leave. I know people that will leave just to get away from their wife and husband. I know people. I've seen people do it. They take individual vacations. (laughs) I'm not joking you. Individual vacations where the husband goes away by himself and the wife goes away by herself. That's the, you're at the nth degree when you can't stand each other, you know, and that's why the Bible says that in Proverbs 21, you know, it's better to dwell in the wilderness. I'd rather be out dragging through the desert, trying to find an oasis with a little bit of water for my tongue than sit around with a contentious, angry woman. The Bible says in another place, hell has no fury like a woman's scorn. So let me just tell you, it's time to get criticism and nagging out of your house. Quit that, you know, and your kids see it. And then it, it really what happens, it boils over onto them. You start criticizing, nagging your kids. They turn into critis, critical and nagging wives and husbands. Stop the, stop the madness with you. Let it stop. it. Maybe your parents were like that. Stop it with you in Jesus name. And declare, we're not going to have critical a critical home. We're not going to have a nagging home. We're going to have peace and joy in our home. In Jesus' name. Number seven. The seventh dangerous mistake. This, this really, I feel this is such a big one. I've seen it so often. People fail to use soft words and be kind with one another. This goes beyond nagging. It actually means to speak, to make a point, to speak kindly to one another, to speak softly to one another. I told you earlier, you know, I'm going to be, I'm being transparent with you that the kind of personality that I have, that's go, 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 get it done, get it done, get it done kind of a personality. I can have the ability to get short if I'm not careful, if I don't guard myself, I can become very short and irritable and I have to make up in my mind to obey the word of God to speak softly and be kind, you know, speak softly and be kind. I've been on my way to preach places before and, you know, somebody flipped my wife off and literally we were on the verge of having Carolyn bail me out of jail. (laughs) It didn't go that far. I mean, no cops were called, thank God. But, you know, I could, you know, don't, don't flip my wife off. I almost beat a man. I almost beat a man in front of TSA at the airport coming back from my honeymoon because he called my wife stupid. We would have been in jail, folks. (laughs) So you have to learn how to speak softly. This is a very transparent day on the podcast. Speak softly and be kind. The Bible says in Proverbs 15, 1, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. You know, and people know, don't they, just how to push their spouse's buttons. They know just how to get under their skin, just how to, you know, turn the knife. It's like, you know, don't do that on purpose just to get, you know, the leg up. Don't do that. A soft answer. You know, maybe, you know, you don't ever have to retaliate. You, you see what I'm saying? Like, maybe my wife is having a hard day. And maybe, maybe she's whatever she's had to do so much and she's irritated about it. She's not necessarily irritated at me. She's just irritated about, you know, whatever, how, how much she's had to do or the the load of work she's done in that day. 
And she could, I'm sure she could say something that would seem short to me. But what do I do as the head of the home? A soft answer, a soft answer, kindness, love. What can I do to help you? What can I do to make your day easier from this point forward? What can we do to make sure that your day is never that jam packed again? See what I mean? Soft answers, turns away wrath, harsh words, stir up anger. I can get mad at her because she's irritable with me. Well, who do you think you're talking to? You're going to talk to me like that woman. I'm the head of this home. You know, you can get real nasty real quick if you want to. But the Bible says that a soft answer turns away wrath. So you just decide. It's up to you what kind of house you want to have. If you want to have a house that's filled with strife and anger, be my guest. Do whatever you feel to do. But let me tell you, it's not going to be my house. I'm not going to have a house that's filled with anger. I'm going to have a house. My kids are going to you know, rise up and bless me. They're going to love being around me. They're going to come give me a kiss and want to cuddle me on the couch. They're not going to be afraid of me, not want to spend time around me because dad's always upset and irritable. And No, it's not going to be my story. It's not going to be your story in Jesus' name. Soft answer. Number eight, the eighth destroyal, or destroyal, the, the eighth destructive mistake that will take your marriage out is people that refuse to use wisdom with their money in their marriage. Do you know like financial pressure is now one of the biggest causes of divorce in America? Financial pressure, debt, credit card debt, student loan debt, you know, unpaid mortgages and rent. You know, people don't know what to do about money and and there's stress that comes and people can't handle the stress and they decide to go it alone. Be wise with your money. I know men that are super frugal, you know, and their wife, their wives are like spendthrifts. If you've ever heard that term before, it's kind of an older, I guess old people say that. I don't know. I've been hanging around old people. Um, so what happens. You move to South Florida and you're just around retired people playing golf all the time. And you start saying words like spendthrift. I don't know where that came from. Anyway, they're just like, you know, they're spending, not unchecked spending. And the husband will try to talk to him about it, but the wife doesn't want to hear him. She just wants to keep spending the way she wants to spend. Or it could be flipped. The wife is frugal and she's paying the bills and trying to figure out a budget, but the husband just keeps out unchecked spending, won't stop. And, and you know, it's causing debt, don't even have the money to spend, putting it on credit cards, all this other stuff. And it's just literally no self-control. And it's just issue after issue. And there's fighting about money and Now listen, 1 Corinthians 13, listen to what the Bible says. Love does not envy, is not possessive, it doesn't behave rudely, and it doesn't seek its own selfish advantage. It doesn't seek its own selfish advantage, does not behave rudely, it doesn't doesn't envy or it's not possessive. Come to an agreement, have a goal that you're going to be united about, you know, it's, it's like I was listening to, um, I believe it was Dave Ramsey was talking about it. And he was talking about the fact that, you know, it's not like people don't know. It's, same with weight loss. I mean, everyone knows what it takes to lose weight. It's just that nobody wants to do it. You know, if you, <laughs> it's, it's easy to lose weight. You burn more calories than you consume. You will lose weight. It's just that nobody wants to take the discipline, self-control to actually do that. It's the same with money. Everybody knows what it takes to not be in debt. It's just that nobody wants to trim their life down to the place, you know, in the natural. I'm talking about even people that aren't saved because we believe, obviously, we believe in increase, overflow, supernaturally canceled debt, all that. We believe in all that. 
But people don't want to do the basic things. And they don't want to use wisdom. And as a result, you know what happens? It causes stress. And it causes the death of relationships. So don't, you know, don't compare yourself to others. The Bible says it's unwise to compare yourselves to others. So that don't envy can only happen when you've compared yourself to somebody else. Who are you envying? Don't be possessive. You know, don't behave rudely. If your wife or your husband, you're, they're trying to work hard to make a goal to get you out of debt. Don't be rude and go out there and, you know, lose your self-control and blow money. Don't seek its own selfish advantage. You know, at the root of it, a lot of times it's pride. Well, I should have this. You know, I work hard. This sh- I should be able to just get this. You can't, you know, if you're in a place where you can't afford it, don't blow your, you know, marriage to pieces because you're, you've already talked about finances, but you keep, you know, going and doing what you've agreed you wouldn't do. It brings stress and more stress and more stress. So number eight, use wisdom with finances. And that includes with your giving and your tithing. You know, if you've agreed you're going to tithe, tithe faithfully. Get it out of your house and into the house of God. And don't just tithe. Give above and beyond your tithes and be a blessing to the kingdom of God. And don't put it last. Put it first. Put God first and he'll put you first. And finally, number nine, God has a definition a definition of what love is. He has his own definition of what love is. So try to make it a priority in your life and make it your goal to fulfill that definition in your marriage. Let me read it to you. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 7. It says, love suffers long and is kind. It means it's patient and kind. Love does not envy and love does not parade itself. It's not puffed up. It's not proud. It doesn't behave rudely. And it doesn't seek its own. It's not selfish. It's not provoked. It thinks no evil. And it doesn't rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things. It believes all things. It hopes all things. And it endures all things. It endures all things. You notice that? It doesn't get divorced at the first sign of a rocky patch in the marriage. It endures all things. So understand God has his own definition of love and there it is right there. It's patient. It's kind. It doesn't envy. It doesn't parade itself. It's not puffed up or proud. It doesn't behave rudely. It doesn't seek its own advantage. It's not provoked. It doesn't think evil. It doesn't rejoice in sin. It rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Make that your goal as well. Make God's definition your definition. Make God's definition your definition. Why? God wants you to have a strong marriage. It's his desire for you to have a strong relationship, not to ever be divorced, separated, have your kids have to be raised with, you know, joint custody and one weekend at one house, one weekend at another, growing up confused, wondering if it was their fault that mom and dad couldn't stay together. That's all demonic, and it's there to destroy your children and destroy your home. Take Bible steps today to ensure that you will have a strong marriage. Have a strong marriage, and these nine things will ensure that you do have an airtight Bible, like protected, literally, 
when you obey these things, it's literally like God putting a hedge of protection around your house because you obeyed his word. That's what it does. You're building your house upon a rock, not on the sand. And that's what God wants for you. I'm going to pray for every person listening today. Maybe your your marriage has not been doing as, as well as you wished it would. Maybe you're about to get married and you don't ever want to see a rough patch. I'm going to pray for you today before this podcast comes to an end and believe God that the greatest days for your marriage and your relationships are just ahead of you. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for every person listening to this today. For those that are married, Lord, I pray you'd give them the strength and the not only the strength, but the passion for your word to do these things and to keep them in the forefront of their relationships so that the strength of heaven would be in their relationships in Jesus name. I pray for those that don't have a a saved husband or a saved wife. I pray this will be the year that they come into the kingdom in the mighty name of Jesus and they can declare as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Let that be their story in Jesus name. Lord, for those that are about to get married, let them start the right way and never have to learn by destruction, but they can learn by instruction. I pray it in Jesus' name from this day forward. I pray you strengthen their minds. Give them the boldness to obey your mighty word. I thank you for that. And I give you glory and I give you praise in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Guys, thank you for listening again today. Don't forget, I want to send you the ebook and the magazine. Go to miracleword.com forward slash live. Sign up there. Look forward to hearing from you. And don't forget tomorrow and then the rest of the week through Friday, Facebook Live, 1030 Eastern Standard Time. And I'm looking forward to seeing you. I love you guys. Don't forget until next time, goodness and mercy are following you for the rest of your life. I'll talk to you soon. We would love for you to join us in a live service. To find out when Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. will be near you, please visit our website at www.miracleword.com. 